0: Hey, this is Scott Bass. I'm the host and producer of The Boardroom Show, new podcast, but not really new. Many of you know, I hosted a show called In the Lineup, which I produced at Surfer Magazine online. Back then it was called Internet Radio. That was uh, 2005. From there, I was asked to co-host with Rob Machado on a show called Off the Lip. That was on Free FM down here in San Diego. And some people at Extra Sports 1360 AM, a sports talk station here, got a hold of me and I started a show called Down the Line. Down the Line Surf Talk Radio was in San Diego for four years And then that faded away, and I joined forces with Dave Scales, and we did down the line for a number of years before we changed the name to Spit. And I'm still going to be doing the Spit podcast, however, I want to do some long-form interviews with people around the concept of the boardroom, and that's what the podcast will be about. It'll be about waves and the equipment to ride them with and all the things that arrive or derive from those things, waves and the equipment to ride them with. So it could be surf travel, it could be surfboards, it could be shapers, it could be destinations, locations. We'll have experts involved for all of those topics and categories. So the Boardroom Podcast, that's what this is, and this is episode one. Welcome. Welcome to the Boardroom Show podcast, where we talk about all things that have to do with waves and the equipment to ride them with. I'm your host, Scott Bass. Today's pod features experts from the American Wave Machine Company, the brains behind the engineering at the BSR Wave Pool in Waco, Texas. Many, if not all of you, have seen footage of Seth Moniz doing an incredible backflip. We've seen video online of Jamie O'Brien and Shane Magnuson and many others riding this wave. I wrote an article about 10 years ago, and it was all about American Wave Machine. The article covered where the business was at at the time. It highlighted their surf stream technology, and we discussed their hopes of perhaps someday creating a real surfing wave. Certainly, the owner, Bruce McFarland, knew the technology was within his grasp, It was provable in a small testing environment. Bruce knew he could do it. It was just a matter of building it to a larger scale. He wanted to make a wave that most surfers with a heartbeat would be excited to surf, something that resembled an ocean wave. I ended that article with my standard line, call me when it's six feet and perfect. I wasn't skeptical, but I was ready to see these grand ideas in action. The time for talking was over. But before we get started with this podcast interview, let me give you a primer on wave pool history straight from Matt Warshaw's Encyclopedia of Surfing. The Encyclopedia of Surfing defines wave pools as artificially generated waves made within confined space, usually by flushing water from a holding tank or by means of a series of paddles, or by pulling a foil from one end of the pool to the other. Wave pools, the phrase, provokes strong reactions among surfers. Some view them as a practical solution to crowded lineups, as the obvious way to increase the supply of perfect waves. But many surfers, perhaps a majority, we're not sure, perhaps a vocal minority, sees wave pools as an automated perversion of a sport whose natural setting is its greatest attraction. Of course, wave pools will never compare to the raw experience of riding ocean waves, and nobody is suggesting that they will. And anybody that poo-poos or has a problem with wave pools and simply just go surfing in the ocean and wash away all your resentments. Nobody's forcing anybody at gunpoint to look at wave pools, to surf wave pools, to think about wave pools. And nobody's taking away the ocean. Now, according to the Encyclopedia of Surfing, the earliest wave pools were built in Europe during the 20s or 30s and were for swimming only. The best known was the Empire Pool at Wembley in London, which opened in 1934. It measured 200 feet by 60 feet, had four electrically powered piston paddles in the deep end to rhythmically push forth mild swells that bubbled over in the shallows at the opposite end of the pool. The 1966-built Summerland Wave Pool near Tokyo, Japan, another piston-type indoor pool nicknamed Surfatorium, was the first to be used by surfers. Each hour, the pool was cleared of swimmers and board riders were given 15 minutes in the barely breaking waist-high waves. Big Surf, the first American wave pool used for surfing, was built in Tempe, Arizona, funded by hair-coloring giant Clairol, opened in 1969 and the cost was $2 million. The pool, measured 300 feet by 400 feet, was set in a 20-acre Polynesian-themed complex located in the middle of the desert. Chest high waves were created by dropping millions of gallons of water down a vertical, 40 foot high concrete chute and refracting the flow into the pool through underwater metal gates. Groups of surfers alternated with groups of swimmers and mat riders. Featured in the surf press and in surf movies, visited by world surfing champion Fred Hemmings and U.S. champion Corky Carroll and dozens of other top American surfers, Big Surf represented a media high point of sorts for early American wave pools. Surf contest promoters have always been eager to use wave pools as a way to bring surfing to a larger audience, and contests have been held at locations around the world. Pro Tour champion Tom Carroll won the 1985 World Professional Inland Surfing Championships, the first pro tour wave pool contest at the Dorney Park, Wild Water Kingdom in Allentown, Pennsylvania. At Disney World in Orlando, Florida, six-time world champion Kelly Slater won the 1997 Typhoon Lagoon wave pool contest, with Rob Machado taking the event the following year. Meanwhile, Australia's Matthew Pitts, a former world tour pro, Spent nearly five years in the early and mid-90s performing nightly as Sabu, the valiant sword-wielding surf prince at the 100 million Ocean Dome wave pool in Japan. By that time, wave pool interest was diverted by a machine called the Flow Rider, which created a stationary wave by shooting a thin layer of water over an inclined hard rubber ramp which in turn deflected the water into a wave, crumbly or tubing, according to the flow rider operator. More often than not, a wave pool or a flow rider setup was installed as part of a larger operation, a theme park, for example, or a hotel. Wave pool technology took a big step forward with the development of wave foil pools, which were both bigger than previous efforts, and worked by running a wave-making foil along a track attached to the bottom of the pool basin. A Spanish company called Wave Garden used the track and foil method to create a long, nearly 20 second, hollow, tantalizing wave in a secluded Basque country location. In 2015, the $12 million, 980 feet long Surf Snedonia pool opened in North Wales using Wave Garden blueprints. Operating at full power, Snedonia produced a wave about every 90 seconds. And pro surfers from around the world flew into Snowdonia and were for the most part impressed with the shape of the wave, if not the size and the power. In late 2015, the Kelly Slater Wave Company, fronted by the 11-time world champion, released a short video of its own track and foil wave pool, which created a bigger, longer, hollower, more powerful wave than anything yet produced by WaveGarden. Slater's wave was an incredible feat. It lit up the internet and has more or less been the standard by which everything else is measured. I've surfed Typhoon Lagoon in Orlando. I've surfed Inland Wave Park in Austin, Texas. And I've surfed at Kelly Slater's Wave Ranch in Lemoore, California. I've had a great time at each and every one of them. I had fun. I was excited. I was and still am eager to go again. And this brings us to the latest installment, American Wave Machines, the perfect swell technology at the BSR Wave Pool in Waco, Texas. The about section on the American Wave Machine website tells us that Perfect Swell, proprietary wave generator, creates waves with particle motion like the ocean. The Perfect Swell phased array control system controls air pressure firing patterns and sequences to create unlimited wave types. They also claim they've developed a touchscreen interface allowing the operator to effectively design their own wave. Waves can be engineered to any size and shape specification. So let's get into our interview with the experts at American Wave Machines. Okay. Welcome, everybody. The Boardroom Podcast. And in front of me, I'm happy to be joined by Willie McFarland from American Wave Machines. Willie, good morning. Good morning. Willie, tell me a little bit um, about what your role is with American Wave Machines.
1: Um, well, it's uh basically we'll say business development, but – um. I've been in it for a really long time, and we're really small, so um, almost everyone here does a little bit of everything. That includes sales and marketing and commissioning, on-site installation. So my role isn't really, you know, super constrained. Um, You take out the trash. Yep. You got to lift heavy stuff, fix the scale models, all that.
0: Right. And, of course... um, As everybody in the surf world knows, we're speaking with uh, American Wave Machines. And Willie, because of the fascinating new uh, wave pool that's come online in Waco. And uh, maybe you can give the listeners some background on American Wave Machines and their role with the BSR Ranch and the wave there in Waco.
1: Well, uh, we are the technology supplier of the wave pool at, at BSR which is our perfect swell technology um, which as you can tell by by the videos is is large-scale traveling wave pool and it's our first perfect swell made specifically as a surf park for surfing and um, a lot of people don't realize that we that that this technology is actually been we've had it for a long time. It's just taken taken us a while to find um, a client that's ready to go on a surf park.
0: Yeah, you know you've had a small scale version of this right for a long time, probably what ten or twelve years.
1: Well, the small scale system you're talking about is, is a surf SurfStream, and that's a different technology entirely.
0: I remember there was a um, there was a small scale, I think, at the boardroom quite a few years ago that I thought was perfect swell, like yes, a, a small yeah, it version of perfect swell.
1: Yeah, the scale model. Yeah, the scale model. The That's scale right. model. The scale yeah. model we've had uh, for um, about eight years, and it's been the same. It's been working for eight years. It's been the 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 thing that we did all our testing on, all our modeling on, and it's it's responsible for for what you know is happening in Waco right now.
0: So perfect swell. It's not. Um, and, and help me and the listeners understand this. but I'm of the opinion that. Perfect swell, it's not necessarily a a pulley or a wave foil system like Kelly's or the Wave Garden in, in Inland Surf Park or in Europe. What exactly is perfect swell? What's the engineering? What's the technology? Why is it different than a pulley or a foil?
1: Yeah. Well, the main thing is we're using air to create waves. And what we're doing is we're shaping waves by combining swell energy together in what we call patterns, and um, really, what makes it probably what makes it most different, and what people don't realize is that we were developing it before any of the foil technologies came out, and so what we were looking at was wave pools like Typhoon Lagoon and Wadi Adventure, and um, basically those are those are using water drop technology, and we were just Trying to, we so we weren't developing the technology with the intent of um, longest ride or anything like that. It was simply we've got to improve upon these water park wave pools that are out there because before any of this before KS Waveco and every, everything like that, there's very little wave pool surfing going on. And we thought, well, there's an opportunity. We we need to get surfing going in pools. It's possible we have the technology, and all we were trying to do was kind of. Just convince people that you can do more than float on an inner tube in a pool because that's really mostly what was going on yeah. prior to 2014
0: 2015. right so the the perfect swell technology instead of dropping water and yeah. creating sort of this wave yeah. um, you're using air pressure and so yeah. instead of I guess dropping water you're pushing water you're pushing air up is that a layman's way to
1: I guess so. Yeah, it's it. The water does come up, but it's just a different way of moving it around that 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 moves it in a more natural way. So the origin of perfect swell is actually pretty interesting. Um, in 2007, uh, the the uh, the Aquarium of the Pacific, which is in Long Beach, approached uh, Bruce about
0: and Bruce is the the main proprietor. Bruce is America, the your fa- father.
1: Yeah, yeah, my dad and the the founder of American Wave Machines. And so, for seven years, we had been working on standing wave machines called Surfstream. In 2007, Long Beach Aquarium, I mean, uh, Aquarium of the Pacific, wanted to do an exhibit that demonstrated the difference between tsunami uh, waves and groundswell. And it was going to show, that the point of the exhibit was to show why tsunamis are so d- devastating and damaging compared to a big groundswell, big groundswell which doesn't really impact the coast to too much, and basically the the short answer of that is a tsunami is a flood. It it adds water to an area. So think water moving, and that's why those water park um, wave pools have walls because if they didn't have walls, the water would just so sp- forever. Just it would just spread out sideways and everywhere. Yeah. When you're when you, I always use this comparison. In a groundswell, if you drop a leaf into the ocean, uh, out past the white water. And um, you drop a leaf into the ocean and a wave comes through, the leaf doesn't go towards shore, maybe a little bit right. because of currents, but it just goes up and down right. because a ground swell is energy moving. Right. And that is the basis of perfect swell. It's energy moving as opposed to water moving. And that's what gives it the sort of natural ocean dynamic that we're seeing a lot of people talk about with the wave, the, the, the natural feeling. And um that's all because of basically when, when its origins as that exhibit at the aquarium and then basically trying to get away from the water park uh, model of wave pools. Yeah. And then came the foil systems and everything like that. But primarily our goal was we have to make a wave that's punchier than the, the water park wave pools and we've got to make it at a higher frequency. Because at that time, it, I think typhoon lagoon was like one every two minutes, one wave every two minutes, or something like that, and we thought, well, we could do probably a little bit better than that.
0: I think it was more,
1: yeah, maybe longer My
0: experience at typhoon Lagoon might have been like nine minutes or something, yeah,
1: so our primary thing was one, we can't make a mushy wave, and two, we have to have a high frequency. we weren't really that concerned with ride duration necessarily um, or size really to that end. We just wanted to make something like critical, you know, something fun and fast, like beach break. That was really our primary kind of primary, um, you know, set like that we were trying to accomplish.
0: What about, um, you know, I've I've been the MC of the surf park summit for a couple of years or for two of those surf park summits, number one and number two. One of the things that I took away was that the foil waves like inland and Kelly's, The energy of the wave is all right there where the wave's breaking. In other words, if you ride out onto the shoulder, it's easy to dig a rail. There's no energy there. And um, am I correct in assuming that the perfect swell technology um, allows for energy to not just be right there in that sort of that crucial impact area of the wave, but there's also natural wave energy underneath the swell out onto the shoulder. Is that right?
1: Yeah, that's right. I mean, I, I can't speak really to the experience uh, too much of, um, of you know, riding the other pools. At, to this point, I've only actually surfed perfect swell myself. But, but yeah, I mean, there's there's pretty effortless uh, speed to be to be had from the wave, and yeah. it, and um, and you can definitely get out there on the shoulder and do do big cutbacks, and um, it's just it does have a really natural feeling.
0: Now, were you on site when... Tell me, what was the date that you guys turned on for the first time? You turned on what I'm calling the, the Waco wave, for lack of a better phrase. When you first turned on the Waco wave, um, when was that?
1: Uh, it was it was probably about a week before um, May 5th, or roughly around there, so late, late April sometime. We showed up uh, to Waco to do... Some commissioning and the pool was only halfway full, and um, oddly enough, there was a bunch of basically pro surfers already ready to go surf it, which was kind of pressure pressure. I was pressurizing. Yeah.
0: So there's people frothing already bit, ready yep, to go halfway
1: f- halfway full because uh, the the construction hadn't been completed.
0: So and you you roll up and there's guys waiting yep, waxing their boards.
1: Pretty much, we rolled up and it was like okay, let's, let's surf now. And we're, <laughs> and we're kind of thinking, okay, well w- let's see what we can do. We've got halfway full of water. This might be good because, um, while we're commissioning and testing, um, we can kind of get a bar- barometer of where we might be at full water. Yeah. And it was sort of like, if it's really surfable at, at half full, yeah. we're, we're going to be stoked. And it was like super surfable at just half full. It was amazing. The first wave we've,
0: Let me slow you down just a bit, because I want to know what the emotions were like. I mean, you've got guys waiting Mm -hmm. on the beach. You've never turned on this machine at this level. We know it works on this small-scale little model that you've had. We've had that thing for 10 years, or you guys have had it for a long time. I've seen it. So you're about to turn it on. I mean, what kind of emotions? Who was there? It was you. Was it your father, Bruce? Who all was there? what was going on? I mean, were you just so engaged in the process that you weren't nervous or was there anxiety? Or tell me about your feelings.
1: Um, it was me, my dad, uh, Mikel, uh, who's an engineer with us, and Clement, who's another engineer with us. And then um, Shane and uh, Shane Magnuson and Jamie O'Brien were there, and Jamie was there with, with a bunch of his crew from Red Bull. And before turning on, I kind of had, we all kind of weren't real, too worried about making waves for the pros necessarily. And, but there was a really heavy anticipation feeling nervous, I guess, this yeah. before, before, um, before we fired the first waves. But, um, it was, it was a really exciting and, um, emotional, not emotional, but it was just, it was one of the most exciting moments, I think for all of us in the company to, to see that first wave, come down the line which was only about a one foot wave right but it was peeling perfectly and the whole place kind of started to you know yell and everyone was freaking out it was it was really cool so
0: there was hooting and hollering oh and my gosh yeah there was obviously a big grin across all of your guys' faces yep
1: and everybody and then as soon as that happened guys just jumped in the water and <laughs> they started surfing 18 inch waves and then we got up to two foot waves and, and so then, how
0: does that happen when you when Guys jump in the water and they're anxious and you're like, all right, well, let's, do you say to yourselves, okay, let's adjust the settings on this thing to get larger waves? Like, is there a setting that you actually, a dial, like the magic dial that you do?
1: It's sort of like a dial. It's just dialing up the power. um, And there's only so far you can go with, with certain water depth. Right. So the biggest key to bigger waves is, is, well, it's power, but it's deeper water. I mean, there's a limit that you have at a certain depth of water. Obviously there's just only that much water in the pool, but we were, we were, we were just kind of doing our work that we set out to do, which was, uh, which was, you know, see what happened at different power levels, even though we only had half full of water and the surfers were just kind of just happy to see this thing and just be out there. And it was just kind of like a, it was just kind of like a celebratory moment in some sense. And, Mm -hmm. and then to see the type of surfing that was able to happen at half power was when kind of all of us were just, we knew at that moment that we were, that this was going to be really exciting. And then it just became, when can we fill this thing up all the way? Because then we knew it would be, it would, it would be really and, good.
0: And how do you answer that question? Is there water nearby? Or are there towers of water that you just yeah. tap into?
1: Yeah. So, um, it's built on a, uh, how do I say, uh, at a natural sp- Kind a spring, a well or something, a water table. of some Yes. Sort. Yeah, access. exactly. Yeah. And he has a, uh, uh, Stuart Parsons. He has this, this and Stuart uh,
0: Parsons is the owner of the, of the BSR, correct the barefoot ski ranch, which has turned into a wake place and a yep. place for the family to come. And there's like a flowing river thing. There's a bunch of benign water. Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? They're just installments, right? They're like places to go and have fun. And then now there's this so Stuart yeah. Parsons is who you speak of. Okay, yeah. I'm sorry to interrupt. Go ahead.
1: No, that's okay. Yeah, he has a he has something called the crater, which which gets water up from the earth and it's warm water and it's at a higher elevation. And then when he wants to fill stuff up, he just he just feeds water down through the crater. Cool. So it's really it's, it's kind of an ideal setup for filling up large bodies of water. So Sounds he's like he's got it. an unlimited uh, resource of it. And we were waiting for so it's basically time – time waiting to fill and then
0: and how much time is that to fill it up to get it and are and as you fill are you running waves or is everybody out of the water at this time
1: uh you can run waves while it's filling up but the big thing we were waiting for was the liner to finish which is the 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 bottom so it could be filled up faster than they could finish the construction on it so that was the big waiting period we couldn't run water over the ground that hadn't been completed yet so that that was it we were yeah. just waiting so for you're that liner. You are limited
0: by the liner not being completely yeah. installed throughout the basin. Yeah,
1: just at the beginning there. Yeah, right. and we were aware of that. Was, we weren't aware that, that there would be so much surfing going on necessarily, maybe some testing here and there.
0: You had no idea there would be surfers there. You were just there to do the first round of beta.
1: I mean, maybe not no idea because we knew Shane was there, we knew he right. was going to surf. Right. Um, we, w- we had Alex Gray there to test waves. Yeah. So we knew that there was going to be surfing available. And and also experience on installation is you can't keep people away from stuff. <laughs> you just can't. You, you can, can try, try all you want. Right. If there's water moving, people will be in there, um, what, much to the uh, uh, d- dismay of, of our engineers, right. which right. which adds a lot to the situation. But But, yeah, so we weren't, like, totally oblivious to the fact that there was going to be surfing going on. We just didn't know it to that extent. And um,
0: so you started filling it up with water mm-hmm. and and you can only get so much water in it because of the liners not quite yet there. And so how 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 big a ways did we get to the first day?
1: We were we were we were people were calling it waist high. Right. But um, we saw people getting barreled. We saw full full turns, full. Uh, full cutbacks and, and maneuvers. And, and I got a chance to, to surf on one half full and there's plenty of speed already on the wave. Um, it was, it, it had it really, it had a perfect shape. Um, yeah. it was, it was, it was there, it was fun. And it was, it was a fun realization to know, wow, we could do a half wave full pool and we'd still have a really good wave pool. Um, it, it, that's super fun. Yeah. So it was, it was, it was nice.
0: So it sounds like a lot went right, you know, within the first 3 or 4 hours. Did anything go wrong?
1: No, just not not anything uh that's unusual for our commissioning uh of of installations, which means there's 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 tuning, uh there's a few bugs and then there's a few engine, uh, construction issues. You might come across a leak here and there, but
2: nothing major. When you're hiring for a small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. And there's no faster or effective way than through LinkedIn jobs. free that's linkedinjobs.com slash surf to post your job for free terms and conditions apply
0: tell me about how big of a wave can the perfect swell like if we had an unlimited basin with an unlimited amount a size uh-huh. and an unlimited amount of water to put in it can we get a 12 foot wave out of the perfect swell i mean i know that you're talking at Cost be damned. Yeah. Let's just say some guy's got billions of dollars. Like yeah. I guess what I'm saying is, is there a limit to how big of a wave the perfect swell could make. Could we make a 12-foot wave?
1: You could make a 12-foot wave conceivably. The problem Displacement? is... Displacement? The, the only problem is just basically budget and power. Right. Uh, there's a funny thing that happens with moving water. Um, the it doesn't mean you can't double the power and double the wave right size right you can double the power and you can get a 10% increase on the wave size oh. so the 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 limiting factor as far as wave size is just the willingness of 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 let's say a client for example or anyone to just go nuts with with power right that's that's it but we can definitely make a 12 foot wave it's 100% scalable technology yeah can I guess conceivably you could make a 20-foot wave, but, I mean, we're right. talking like nu- nuclear <laughs> nuclear power or some oh, kind right. of crazy, you know, power thing. But
0: When will the BSR Waco wave be open to somebody like me, the public? When can we go and surf it?
1: It's open now. Oh, it is? Yeah, it's open now. Um, they have, I you believe— You just show up with a board and You could just show up with a board, yeah. Wow. Do uh, you know how much it costs? It's—, it's Somewhere between sixteen hundred dollars
0: okay sixteen hundred dollars for like an hour or something or
1: they have an all day price and then they have an hour price, I believe, and then you could also do uh it's all it's all there um I want to say it's a two or three hour maybe it's a two hour block of time right. that you could rent with a group or just by yourself
0: The best thing to do is probably just call call b s r and find out what's going on
1: yeah um. Yeah, they, but they're they're open. They're running. People are surfing, and uh, it's it's been there's been a bunch of pros already stopped by. A lot of really exciting stuff.
0: And happening. how did the owner of BSR take to this? I mean, he must be excited that it all went down. What was his? Um, how was he feeling about it all?
1: Super excited. I think we tried to prepare him for, and and a lot of the the years spent pitching perfect swell to people is trying to tell them. Surfers are nuts. They're yeah. coming. Yeah, <laughs> they're they. You they build it, and they will come. And it's sort of yeah, yeah. But you know, I uh, I want to have. I just want to have family. No, I, and it's no, no, no. You don't get it. The surfers are going to be descending upon this place. And I think he's super excited. Um, the backflip by Seth Moniz was was a really uh incredible day when that when that went out on the internet. And so. Um, they're, 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 they're excited about it and realize that this is kind of, uh, just, it's a big surf destination now Yeah, and they the pros are showing up every day to That's surf so there. That's so cool. Yeah. It's really cool.
0: Texas. Yeah. Who would have thunk it? Um, but the perfect swell, it boasts, I don't know if boasts is the right word, but Bruce has told me that we can do a bunch of different types of waves with this technology. So maybe, um, Talk about what those different waves look like. Have they been tested in Texas? Or are we just running one type of wave? Have we you know, what's what's available?
1: Yeah. Uh, well, you, you've got you've got rights and lefts, peeling waves we call them. Um, we uh, tuned in an air section, which is super popular among the, the elite surfers that that go there. Uh, we made a wedge type barrel that goes right and left. Um,
0: all of these have been tested.
1: All of these have been tested and tuned. And for the most part, you're going to see sets of peeling waves that run there. That's just how you get the most people surfing how through many, the pool. How
0: many, how many waves in a set and how often do sets come?
1: Right now they're doing three waves in a set, I think, every minute. Uh, you could do a 10-wave set, five-wave set. Uh, three is kind of the magic number where that third wave is still pretty clean. Mm -hmm. When you get to four and five, the last two waves are still very surfable, but not as clean. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, um, it just kind of starts to move with much water, but at at three waves, the pool settles really fast. So one minute pool settles, and then you get another three in a row. Uh, that's kind of the most popular for a, for a pool that's got a bunch of guys in it.
0: How many guys guys are in the pool at a time? It's not like Kelly's wave. It's just one guy and the wave comes and he goes, So what's, do you know how, I know these are really questions for BSR, but I'm wondering if you have any insight into that.
1: Uh, Well, I surfed with uh, about six people at once and got two, I I didn't need to surf longer than uh, like half an hour. Yeah. I got a bunch of waves. So when you
0: catch a wave, did you paddle back out?
1: Yeah. You just, you, 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 you paddle up against the wall. Yeah. And just takes you you just get right back out into the lineup um, it's 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 not a long wait. I think I don't know what b s r has on a limit as far as pr- people in the pool and when you s- mix beginners with with different yeah. skill level of riders and they're still i think working out some of the details as far as operational uh, y- you know practices but it's looking to me like the three set wave. And I've seen I've seen fifteen people in the water, hmm. um, and it looks like everyone's having fun. All right. And you can also put so if, if you're doing rights, let's say there's sort of this little mini mushy left that flowers off of the other side, yeah. and we've seen beginners just sort of start to find, make their way towards that section of the wave. Wow. So the pool is big enough; you can fit a bunch of different people in it. And that's m-
0: that's kind of interesting, right? That yeah. you, that you see how the beginners react to the whole thing and that, that they organically and naturally just Mm -hmm. move to that one zone is sort of fascinating.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's been our experience with kind of all of our different types of installations. People sort of slowly figure stuff out, not slowly necessarily. They start to figure out good systems.
0: Yeah. What about, um, if I show up and I'm like, you know what? I want to go left (laughs) instead of right or something like that. Like, like, is it a matter of just, like, knocking on the engineer's door and going, hey, crank up a left for us, or, like, do you know how that, and again, this may be a question for the BSR people, but do yeah. you have an engineer on staff, or do they have an operator that knows how to do everything?
1: Uh, Shane Magnuson is the surf park manager, and it's just, I think it's just convincing him which huh. which wave you want to surf, <laughs> which is, is probably easier said than done, but uh, I remember finally getting a chance after, after commissioning the site, me and uh, Mikel finally got, out in the water for a little bit and I and I said Shane I need a I need a right. I need we're going to wait. We're going to wait 3 minutes. I want a perfectly glassy right. So that it's as simple as that. Oh, and cool. um if you, I think the best way to get the waves that you want is probably to do the private private uh, rental. Right. And that's that's for sure what I would do, I think.
0: Yeah. How much time does it take from say the time that you turn on the machine to waves running. Does the machine need to warm up or anything like that? Or
1: No, just turn it on and hit the button and go. Wow. Yeah.
0: And how much energy does it take per wave? Like you mentioned that energy is really the kind of the, the one thing that's the governor that's holding us back from, from bigger waves. Um, how much energy? What and, and how do you quantify that? In dollars? And how is that? Maybe yeah. you can shed some light on that.
1: Well, there's a there's a kilowatt hour price wherever you are and i think i i i don't know the exact figure and i i wouldn't want to say the exact figure of BSR cable park yeah. and it, the engineers are always working on energy consumption uh and, and improving that mm-hmm. you don't always have to run the machine at full power that's right. that's number 1 and um and you know it's sort of like if you think of a bicycle wheel, let's say spinning it up is kind of the hardest work and then once it's spinning, mm-hmm. most it's,
0: it takes a little less takes energy less to energy to oh, sorry it oh, takes okay.
1: a little less energy to keep it you know rolling. Right. So that's sort of a, a, in principle how perfect swell uh, runs.
0: It sounds sort of like a little bit like like an airplane. Like it takes a lot of gas to get the airplane up to 30,000 feet. And once we're at 30,000 feet, we're just sipping gas and we're going 500 miles per hour. And yeah, we can ramp it to 700 miles per hour to get through a headwind or whatever. But fuel economy, or in this case, in the case of the Waco wave, energy economy is really important.
1: Yeah, that's a pretty good analogy. And and then the other thing to consider is that that it, we're just using air to to power the thing. And so uh, we're using, and, and that is a pretty efficient way of of moving water around. And so the 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 energy, it, it's kind of counter to, to what a lot of people I think probably assume about the system as being this kind of exorbitant. I mean, it's you know you're making a big wave. It's going to cost some energy. Yeah. But it's it's a it's a pretty efficient system. Do you
0: think relative to the the wave foil model that it's w- much more efficient?
1: Uh, I don't know. I don't know the numbers on those systems, but um, I just know that water is really heavy.
0: How much? um, What's the biggest wave at Waco that we can that we can make when the pool's full?
1: Well, if you obviously everyone's got a different way of measuring a wave. Yeah, Um, we're saying six foot face on a peeling wave. And with our wedge, which which is basically combining the energy together of of two waves, let's say, um, that could be probably we could get it up to nine foot face top to bottom. But it's a really square wave that so it's not going to necess- It's it's almost wider than it is tall. Yeah. Um, which is pretty. Uh, it's pretty rad actually it's it's kind of a scary wave which i never thought we would do but um uh, but yeah pretty pretty big wave
0: interesting um let me see here how big of a pool would we need if i wanted to make a 12 foot wave like like how what's the footprint look like uh marie wants to come in hi marie marie's joining us No, I'm not blowing out any candles for Louie right now. I'm in the middle of an interview. Um, uh, family business. Yeah. How big of a pool do you think uh, you need? Like, I'm just thinking there's got to yeah. be some crazy rich dude that's yeah. got like some son that's just a surf-stoked Grom. And this guy's got unlimited land yeah. in, you know, wherever, Visalia or I don't know, you know, somewhere in the Palm Desert. Or who knows?
1: Well, we'd we have to ask a bunch of questions. So right. that's... Kind of the thing with Perfect Swell is, is we just we built a spec. Okay, so this imaginary character wants a 12 foot wave. How long does his ride, how long, how long of a ride does he want? Yeah. And then we'd say, well, uh, you know, how much space do we have to work within? And if it's just, if he just wants a like backdoor, big 12 foot wedge barrel, yeah. you don't need that much space. Probably the same size pool as Waco, but just juice up all the, uh, wave generation area, yeah. So,
0: but does the depth need to be deeper? Yeah, yeah. deeper. Yeah,
1: but as far as as far as square footage, y- y- you don't need a lot. If you look at our scale model, we for a long time I, I would always, I would call it the surf ditch, where a lot of people they want to build this real gradual pool area into into let's say a beach like they've done at BSR, which is great because people get to hang out in there that aren't surfers. Yeah, but if you're just pure pure surf yeah. don't you don't care about tubing people or you know what it, you're, you're just in it for elite surf yeah you build the surf ditch you don't really need that much square footage uh, relative to let's say the bsr size pool you could build you could get the same waves with a much smaller square footage yeah so 12 foot wave it, you, you know you'd probably be looking at a bsr size pool just kind of on steroids.
0: Does the BSR pool have these sort of canals? Like I've been to the Kelly Wave and I've surfed the Kelly Wave, and when the after the wave's done, and for years this has been sort of one of the I'm sure you know the engineering issues, which is what do we do with the displaced water? And at Kelly's Wave they have these canals where the water kind of rolls over a little bump and then settles into these canals, and somehow or another they channel that water back into the pool. I think rather quickly. Is that the case at BSR? Are there canals? Or no?
1: Yeah, it's um, it's been we we started calling it, and this is thanks to uh, Demo, uh, who is a uh, J.O.B.'s filmer. We started calling it Beaver Creek because <laughs> he saw it and he said it reminded him of Beaver Creek at Pipeline, uh, which I which I won't describe the origins of that name. But right. um, yeah, it works to it works kind of twofold at B S R. One is there's sand down there, so people can it feels like you're at the beach. You, you you walk down into it and you can kind of swim and no waves will come at you. And then also it it settles the pool faster. Yeah. And it's all part of the pool. I wouldn't call it a canal or it doesn't recycle. It's just it's basically just a, uh, a, a beaver creek right. and it helps to settle the water faster.
0: Yeah. Now, after we've seen the Founders Cup at the Kelly Slater Wave Ranch um, and – there seems to be amongst the general public, and I'm not sure that I can generalize, but I will, that although the wave's incredible, it's fascinating, it's sort of the benchmark on, on, in some regards as to what a perfect wave that, you know, in fact we can build one. Um, but what they don't address, what seems to be the, the main uh, criticism, is that from a competitive standpoint, the wave's too predictable. There's not unpredictability. Uh, we know what's going to happen. We know when it's going to happen. And it, and it lends itself to rather boring watching, if you will. Um, how does the perfect swell address unpredictability and does it? Well,
1: it's really interesting because I've heard that criticism that when what makes – surfing exciting is the unpredictability of the wave. And that I think is partially true, but I think what people are missing is that it's actually the unpredictability of the surfing being done on that wave that makes it exciting. What will this guy make it out of the barrel? What kind of maneuver will he pull? And I think that, okay, yeah, that's a consequence of having unpredictable waves. Sure. But I think more importantly, um, if you if you get unpredictable surfing, even if the wave is predictable, you're going to have something exciting to watch. And so, uh, you know, I, 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 I understand. I, I I don't really share a lot of the same opinions and criticisms that maybe some people have. But I think that perfect swell, what it can do as far as the contest is goes, is I think we can see, and we have seen on on the air section we've seen unpredictable things happen. And I think that's sort of, I think the aerials as far as perfect swell is concerned, I think the aerial um, air section, aerial maneuvers and, and that sort of aspect of surfing is going to be where you see the competitive side on perfect swell. Yeah, It's not going to be necessarily about putting together an entire wave. I think it's going to be sort of a, a system that lends itself to progress progressive maneuvers specifically airs, because I saw something really interesting when I was in Texas. People completely unfamiliar with surfing started to gather around and watch when uh, there were some pro surfers in the water, including Seth Moniz. And we turned on the air section, and these guys just started launching off. And the first one they did, we heard a big cheer from the crowd. And that's when I realized that airs are sort of what, if you want surfing – Surfing's popularity to increase, I believe it's about airs, and that's what sort of um, what what lends itself so well to perfect swell.
0: That's actually really great insight. I think you're right. You know, the aerial is basically what mainstream America can relate to, based on they're used to it with the halfpipe and snowboarding. They're used to it in skateboarding. Um, it's something everyone can relate to. Oh, look, honey, he launched into the air. You know, now they might not know the nuances of an incredible rail gouging roundhouse cutback, but when a guy launches into the air, everyone goes, "Oh, let's clap! That was amazing!" And so, I think you're you're right on there. You're spot on there. Um, could we simply change the bathymetry of the Waco Wave by adding? like sandbags to the bottom? Is it something that simple to just drop heavy sandbags and all of a sudden change the characteristic of the wave so that it is more unpredictable?
1: You could. Uh, it, would, it would certainly change how the wave goes, but it, I don't think it's necessary. We can make it unpredictable. If that's sort of how the contest, let's say, the contest uh, federation wants the wants it to be, Yeah. everybody gets a different set of waves, then we just do that. We'll just throw little wrinkles here and there to different waves. And that's easier than, than moving stuff around on the ground. Um, but you know, when I look at perfect swell, I think, and I already talked about the airs. I think it's going to become more, more like, or you could do a contest more like a skateboarding, more like a snowboarding where you maybe get four waves and you, you, well, they do this in the ocean too. You get four waves, score two best ones. Mm-hmm. But what's so neat is that because you can go right and left, like really fast switch. Yeah. Maybe you score you score two front side waves, you score two backside waves, and then you score an air. Right. So it becomes this sort of cumulative skill test. You could score a barrel ride. Yeah, and and so it's not limited to just airs. And what's so cool is because this can be this can happen every minute. I think we can, you can get very creative as far as a contest goes. This is something that I've been thinking about for a, a lot of years. It's definitely, for me, the most exciting thing about Perfect Swell is kind of the competitive aspect. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, you could, have, you could do it as a jam session. I mean, there's so many waves coming through. You could have six guys in the water. You don't score, let's, you don't score a wave. You score who kind of just ripped the hardest for right. that hour, right. which is something that you see in skateboarding, you see in snowboarding. And then you have best trick in an air. Yeah. 20 minutes, whoever does the best thing, you know. So, I mean, it's really endless.
0: And you could just drop announcements on competitors, too. Like, as the waves are about to approach, it's like, okay, right now it's aerials. Good luck. And they're literally, the waves literally on them within five seconds. and So they don't have too much time to think about it. It's just on.
1: Yeah. I mean, you think about, then you start thinking about, what's my strategy as a surfer? Uh, First round, I've got, I've got. Let's say I'm Seth Moniz. I've got a backflip in the bag. I'm definitely not going to do that first round. So it starts to get really, really interesting thinking about the content. And I know this happened at the Founders Cup, which which is exciting. And I, despite obviously I'm in the business, everyone sort of criticizing wave pool contest surfing as tired. And I there's mean, there's a lot th- of haters. There's a lot of haters. They've only had two. I know. We've I got. I that. think that there's a lot of. Sure. Everything can be improved. I'm sure any contest, the the first two, you know, you're going to learn from that and you're going to improve. But I think, I think there's a really bright future for contest surfing inside pools.
0: And speaking of that, you know, with the Olympics coming up, um, is it pretty quick, a turnaround, a build, uh, for a perfect swell? Like, all I need is a guy with land and a construction firm, and we can get one of these things up and running in time for, say, six months down. Like, what is the turnaround time on a build? If I come to you as a potential client, I've got my permits, I've got land, I'm ready to go, I've got water, I've got two, three construction firms ready to put in bids. Tell me what's my time frame.
1: Well, Stuart Stuart Parsons has he he had a roof. Uh, he owns a roofing business as well. And so he's really dialed into construction, so he's a great example of of how fast you can build. He, they had to take out an existing body of water and then put in our body of water and it took i think i want to say eight months, so it's, it's not long if you if you if you're if you're ready to put the foot on the gas pedal yeah. and build and you have a good construction team you, know, you can build one in under a less than a year
0: okay. Because I could see somebody in, in Japan, and I've heard that the people—and this is just rumor—but I've heard that the people at the KS Wave Co. have feelers out in Japan to try to get something created in case the waves for the Olympics in Japan don't don't show up, um, which is certainly a big concern. Yeah. Um, well, that's fascinating. You yeah. can turn one around in in a year, less. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tell me about. I know I've been to inland, too. I've surfed quite a few. Well, not – I've surfed uh, Typhoon Lagoon. I've surfed the Inland Wave Park in Austin, and I've surfed Kelly Slater's wave. And I know that in inland they had some issues with the liner, and the liner had to be – basically the pool had to be drained. They had to fix the liner either reinstall a new one or whatever it was. And it took – there was a lot of downtime, basically. What's the downtime for the Waco wave for draining – fixing the liner? Do you anticipate is is liner, is it like a, a, a popped tire on a car? Is it something that's just going to happen no matter what? And you just got to be ready for it. And if so, what's the turnaround time from being, you know, online to offline to back online?
1: Uh, well, first of all, uh, he, they can drain that pool really quick. So less than a day to or about, let's say roughly 24 hours and you'll, you'll have no water being in the roofing business. Um, the owner used really high quality liner and that's not really our liner isn't our expertise. Right. Um, I don't think it's going to be a problem. Yeah. And because we're not, we're, we're also not moving anything through the water. Uh, there's, there's little, there's not that much tension happening from the surf itself. So then the only thing you have to worry about is beginners basically riding the fins right up over it, yeah. which is to me, not a big concern because this, it's really strong liner. You yeah. have to have a really sharp fin and a yeah. really heavy person, I think to puncture it, Yeah. but, but I, I uh, we'll see. We'll see. I'm, I, I'm, I'm definitely not concerned about the liner.
0: You know, um, Social media was a buzz when when we saw that the, your Waco Wave the Perfect Swell technology went online. It, it got spread throughout Instagram and Facebook and Twitter, and it all seemed to happen the same weekend as the Founders Cup. Now, I know that you guys aren't necessarily in charge of the marketing of the, of BSR, but was that a coincidence? Do you think, or do you think that that was just planned?
1: Well, the fact that it aligned with the Founders Cup and people may not—it was coincidence. That wave happened the day before, it was filmed, the day before, and then processed that night, and so we had the video ready to go. But yeah, it was. Um, you
0: mean Seth Moniz's? Uh, no, or?
1: the 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 just the, the first round, just the first round, right? Um, there that was that was uh, filmed the day before, so that was. Um coincidence that it aligned with the founder's cup, but also for us, it was kind of a good coincidence. Everyone's thinking about wave pools yeah, and we, you know, we knew that was going to be on people's mind and, and it, it it just kind of turned out that way.
0: I've heard that the Kelly Slater wave company um, is putting in a pool in Palm Springs. I've heard the permits have been finalized. I don't know. If it's true or not, I, I tend to think it is because I heard it from a pretty good source. Um, how much does what KS Wave Company or even Wave Garden, uh, how much of what they do affects what American Wave Machines does? How much looking over your shoulder or looking ahead at them or lo- or them looking a- ahead at you, quite frankly, um, occurs?
1: Well, I don't really know. I, the one thing I would say is that before. Like I said before, we were developing this technology before we ever saw a foil system come out, and be, prior to the foil systems, uh, KS and Wave Garden, we had to do a lot of of educating. Like I was saying before, about surfers and surf, and why, as a sport, there's a potential here to to, to bring it out of the ocean. What was so great. What happened when Kelly Slater uh, released that first video of his wave in 2015, uh, 2015 We we had to we we kind of didn't need to do as much educating anymore about surfers. Yeah, people could now his name and the quality of that wave sort of gave people, oh, okay, surfers will want to do this, and we 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 sort of could back off a little on as far as trying to convince people of the impact. A pool would have on the sport. Uh, so having developed perfect swell before those technologies when when we first saw it, it was we were kind of thinking oh it's maybe it'll be harder to get a perfect swell on the market now because we didn't have video to show people and this was this was a mark, marked market difference between us and those two technologies their ability to build prototypes first sort of set them ahead of us a little bit so again, we have been developing this for 10 years, but, be, but the Proof only thing is in the
0: pudding. And if you don't have yes. the pudding, people are like, well, I can see this one over here. Let's go with
1: this. They one. They can see that one. Let's go with that one. And that's why it was hard for us, but it's also, it's, I mean, it's also, I don't, I don't know if I want to say the word vindicating now, but let's just say, vindicated. let's say vindicating. <laughs> it was sort of like, guys, w- we were trying to get you on board with perfect Swell for a long time. And, um, and it's, it's exciting that we did that. Um, but as far as, as far as the other technologies, I mean, we, like I said, the impact of the KS WaveCo was huge as far as turning up the dial on wave pools. And so we don't really – we just kind of focus on perfect swell and improving that system.
0: We, we spoke a little bit about Stuart and what a great partner he's been, um, an ideal partner – I'm imagining would be somebody that's fiscally sound, that's politically connected in the area, that has a land development experience, that is detail-oriented. What, what other features or characteristics make up a perfect partner? When they come knocking on the door, what are the line items that you want to see checked when, when they call?
1: You pretty much nailed it. And then a familiarity with SURF is going to be an added bonus because then it's just all they've got to do is surf. Maybe let's say all they've got to do is surf Perfect Swell and and know what it's about. Someone who really knows, has a sound idea of what they want that park to accomplish. Is it going to be elite contest surfing only? Are we are we not that worried about the pros coming in and we just kind of want to the families? So it's just someone that has their uh, ducks in a row, like you were saying, but has a really, really, you know, solid understanding of what they actually want to accomplish at the park. Because um, that's, yeah, that's unusual. That's hard to find. That's, and that's what we're looking for.
0: In say 10 years, as you know, technology tends to outpace itself. And um, I'm wondering if there are any obsolescence plans. In other words, I know, it, I've heard that at Inland and in, in texas that the wavegarden people in europe are like hey we want to upgrade your system because it makes us look good if we do that so um tell me about technology obsolescence and how quickly we're going to outpace what's already in existence
1: it's a good question it sort of feels i think the funny thing is it sort of feels like okay here's wavegarden then ks wave go, then perfect swell but all all uh, All of those, all of our technology, I'll say for lack of a better word, have been in development for a long time. So, uh, you know, I don't know the answer to that question.
0: Maybe the technology, the breakthroughs are more about, you um, you know, being able to better harness energy cheaper so that we can make more waves and have a bigger margin on the waves. Definitely. Yeah,
1: Yeah, it could be that. It could be... um, I mean people usually like to go bigger after they see you know one thing it's there's always the next thing um so for us it's probably a longer pool or something um along those lines maybe a little bit bigger wave but I, it, it's it's tricky i mean there's it's kind of not it's not surprising that the wave heights are kind of where they're at right now i mean water's like i said water's heavy i don't see anything too drastic happening where all of a sudden, you know, we can double wave height overnight, you know, at the same price, the same price, basically. I mean, so it'll, it'll keep moving forward. Um, but, but I think, yeah, 10 years, I I don't know. It's a good question though. I don't know.
0: Um, I guess we can finish this up by saying congratulations. I know that the McFarland family who runs American wave machines, as you mentioned, has been developing this for a long time. And, as I mentioned prior, I had done an interview with your father about ten years ago, and and um, he had been tinkering with Perfect Swell back then. So, um, congratulations to American Wave Machines. Thank you. When did Scott get to go ride the wave?
1: <laughs> we'll get you there as as soon as possible. They're open to the public, so you can definitely <laughs> just saying, book a ticket, on. just go. Okay. Yeah.
0: Okay. Fair enough. Well, thank you, Willie. I appreciate it, sure. and um, good stuff. Thanks so much.
1: Thank you.